Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast, episode 92. Welcome to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast with your host, Jack Mountain Bushcraft School founder and master main guide, Tim Smith. I'm your host, Tim Smith. I'm a registered master main guide and have been a full-time outdoor instructor and guide since founding the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School in 1999. We help people become more skilled, more knowledgeable, more experienced, and more confident in the natural world through our bushcraft and guide training semester programs and multi-week canoe and snowshoe expeditions. You can check out the show notes to all of our podcasts at blog.jackmtn.com. If you're interested in learning more about our college-accredited and GI Bill-approved programs, visit the Jack Mountain Bushcraft School on the web at jackmtn.com. And check out our online network and digital learning academy at bushcraftschool.com. Hello and welcome back to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. We are here in the Jack Mountain Studio. Yeah, we need to workshop that. It needs a better name. Semi subterranean <laughs> headquarters at there our remote go. northern main lair. There you go. I like layer. Layer's pretty good. It always sounds it feels like, very much like a layer. It does. I like it. Tim made me turn off all the lights before we started. It's and we lit a candle. It's like the bat cave. Right. Without bats. <laughs> Without bats. Uh, so I'm your host Tim Smith. I'm here with Christopher Russell, and we're joined by a celebrity today. <laughs> hardly, hardly. Our old friend Ryan Holt also goes by Yukon. Uh, Ryan Holt. Good friends call me Yukon. You guys can call me that. <laughs> and we, who else do we have here? Okay, Ebenezer. Ebenezer the dog. He's a pug. Ebenezer if, pug. And if you hear little clicking sounds, it's his. That's him grunting right there. <laughs> He's a very vocal. <laughs> vocal. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you hear little clicking sounds, it's his toes on the floor. Oh, uh, anyway, uh, cool. So Ryan, was you were a student here in 2013 <laughs> was your first time in Masardis? Yep, 2013. Yeah. And then after that, you've gone on to be to have quite the uh, television career. Yeah, thanks to you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> so, Something I had never expected I would uh, you know, ever do in my life or I would ever pursue in my life but you know you just when you live a life uh where you don't say no to many things and you just open to all opportunities um some pretty wild things kind of fall at your door sometimes <laughs> yeah definitely and uh so what four naked and afraid challenges 16 episodes yep. four from... time four chat four different challenges over the last six years everglades in florida <clears throat> to south africa to the bahamas and then uh yeah twice twice to south africa twice once to the south bahamas africa. and my first one was in the everglades awesome yeah, cool. And since you run a business called the Human Nature Hostel in the mountains of Western Maine, uh, I know all this. I'm not really asking him because I've been there and we're <laughs> friends. But I'm doing this for everybody's benefit. Yeah. <laughs> um, big. You built a giant dome there. And... Yeah, that, that had always been the plan. You know, I've always you know had these grand plans that take years to come to fruition. But I spent five years building the Human Nature Hostel and Wilderness Guide Service. Um, Coming here to Jack Mountain Bushcraft School was sort of my foundation um, for all my personal skills and what I wanted to do with the facility once I built it. So just taking all those necessary steps, but it took me five, four years to build the actual structure. It's a 40-foot timber frame geodesic dome. And it's beautiful. I've been there. It's it gorgeous. It's all custom wood. sits on 42 acres on the side of Black Ski Mountain down in Roxbury, Maine. 
The only downside was you got to look at those horrible other mountains with the view. I know. There's just too many mountains to look at. Yeah. The view's like, just... You should hang like... Get a... somebody to clear those for you. <laughs> or you should the view put, is like... sickening, <laughs> sickeningly gorgeous. Put up a big like Twisted Tea or Bud Light uh, like highway sign. Yeah. Maybe one of those one fluorescent of ones. Yeah, one yeah. of each. <laughs> on either side. Uh, the dome itself, the structure uh, sleeps 26 people. It's Like I said, it sits on 42 acres and... Uh, yeah, I'm just getting my guide service off the ground this year, next nice. year, 2021. Yeah. So you, what you've been doing is uh, essentially a hostel for Appalachian Trail thru-hikers because you are an Appalachian Trail thru-hiker yourself, yep. correct? Yeah, I thru-hiked in th- uh, t- uh, 2012, 2,200 miles from Georgia to Maine, and that's also another thing that inspired me to buy the land, uh, build a hostel, and then incorporate the guide service with my guide's license and all the all the cool survival shit that you taught me. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> But this year, with the COVID, um, did they shut the trail down? Is, was it officially like, I don't know how At you the beginning of COVID, when it, all this kind of first kicked off, um, it was basically shut down. I mean, there's about 5,000, every year about 5,000 hikers attempt to go northbound from Georgia. And I'd say this year it might have been 500. Wow. You know, it was way less. And, and those ones were ones that already had given up everything, their plan, all their plans for the year, sold their houses, you know, quit their jobs and they really didn't have anything to go back to, uh, whether Corona was a thing or not. So yeah. So why not walk in the woods? Yes. Yeah, so why not walk in the woods? So uh, a handful of people still did it. Uh, there's a big group still out there, but, um, I, I wasn't able to open for business for hiker services this year. Yeah. I mean, obviously the state of Maine, it's been a challenging yeah. time for small business. The only thing that kept me you know, alert and aware as to what was going on with the COVID and the state was that I'm a member of the main professional guides association and they send out emails that would explain like, here's what's going on. Here's what you can do. Here's what you can't. But yeah, tough, obviously a tough year for, for a small business in Maine. (laughs) That guy's awesome. (laughs) Uh, So as a result, uh, you're maybe headed in a new direction. Yeah. As a result of the COVID, you know, uh, find this, trying to find the silver lining and everything. Um, it's, uh, afforded me the opportunity to take a step back and kind of reassess what I've been doing. Uh, you know, uh, I've loved the servicing hikers and whatnot. Um, but it is, you know, my dream was to build the hostel and have my own guide service. So I've kind of already done the hostel aspect of things. Uh, you know, we were voted the number two hostel from Georgia to Maine in my second year. Um, so there's no doubt. I know I can do whatever I put my mind to. So the guide service aspect of my business is what I want to dive into next year. And kind of take a step away from, um, you know, the ho- the hostel, the hosteling of hikers, and you know, providing those services. Nice. Yeah. And are you gonna? So for people who are listening to this and want to learn more, are you gonna be? Will the information on the things that you'll be offering be on the Human Nature Hostel website? Like, how do you plan to? Yep, absolutely. I've got uh, humannaturehostel.com, um, humannaturehostel.net. I've got all of my Instagram, Human Nature Hostel, and on Facebook. Uh, I don't have any personal social media accounts, but uh, the Human Nature Hostel is me and my whole life. So everything that you follow and see on there is what I'll be doing. Cool. So if I wanted to go snowshoeing with you next year, I would find more information there. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. So a little bit of snowshoeing, a little bit of canoeing maybe. What else? Canoeing, yeah. I'm pretty sure canoeing is going to be sort of, you know, my forte, you know, a couple... <clears throat> You know, three, four-day trips um, down in the area that I'm at. Which kind of, is, where's your area? Um, I, I would be mostly guiding out of the Rangeley area. Okay. I'm 30 minutes south of Rangeley, and, you know, those those lake systems up there, or even Richardson Lake, Moose Lake, McGuntic Lake, those are all 
15 miles away north of uh, my property, and those that's where I would be tapping into the wilderness to take people out and awesome. incorporating. <clears throat> I'll be taking them out on guided trips, but incorporating the teachings of the four basics of survival. I don't, I'm not going to be getting... Um, Donuts, coffee, <laughs> yeah. what are the other two? The cute dogs. Plenty of sleep. Fried food. Done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be getting too much into the, you know, I'm definitely a guide, a teacher, but I'm not, you know, looking at building curriculum or having students or anything like that. I'm taking people out on um, extended recreational trips and I'm incorporating the four basics of survival, which is water, shelter, fire, food, a very organic and natural sort of uh, progression of, of each trip. Um, and yeah, that's kind of what I want to be doing. And also using the, the hostel now that's not being used for hikers and all the beautiful accommodations that we've built down there using that for the guide service. Awesome. So when people come sign up and they come to, you know, come up to go on a four-day canoe trip, they'll come and stay at the hostel, experience the whole, uh, you know, the land that I have, the building that I have, and all my facilities, and then we'll go out, do the trip, and we'll still be able to come back to the lodging afterwards. Awesome. And the reason you're visiting us now is a canoe trip that it sort of failure to launch because of the drought of, of all the other things that 2020 has given us. <laughs> In northern Maine, we're under this crushing drought. We actually saw a friend of ours yesterday uh, at the laundromat in town when we went in to get some supplies and she said their well was running low so yeah. they had to do their laundry yeah. in town because which oh, is that's why they were there crippling drought so the yeah. allagash is usually about 800 cubic feet per second this time of year and right now it's at like about 200, 200 cubic feet per <laughs> yeah. second so the minimum for a trip where you're not just going to scratch up your gear is probably 400 cubic feet per second maybe with a pole and a big like 20 foot boat without hardly any weight in it 350 but we're in the, uh, the Allagash is not a river trip right now. It's a rocky hike. Yeah. <laughs> Dragging a boat. Dragging across a boat rocks. across rocks. Through low level puddle oh. river. So, yeah. Uh, so you're going to head, you're going to do a loop in the Headwater Lakes likely? Yeah. Uh, the plan was to go from Jackman to Fort Kent, the last 200 miles of the Northern Forest Canoe Trail. But yeah. due to that drought, um, I, di I did do the 34 mile Moose River Bow Trip down in Jackman, uh, which included a, a 16 mile a 16 to 18 mile section of the Moose River, which surprisingly there was enough wa plenty of water for me to go through it. Uh, yeah, you just, said but that despite the other day. despite what the locals said, I went and checked it out and ended up doing it. But I uh, headed up this way to Tim's to Tim's place, and on Tuesday I'm gonna head into the North Main Woods, uh, where the Allagash begins over at Churchill Dam. And then just do the lake circuit south of that, the Allagash Lake. Nice. Yeah. Churchill Lake, Eagle Pretty Lake. Spot to be. Yeah. yeah, see the train, see the tramway. Yeah, I haven't been in that area, haven't committed that area. So <laughs> I yeah. heard tell that there's a, uh, a squirrel out there that steals people's spoons. I'd be careful. <laughs> yeah. We had a buddy of ours, yeah, the last podcast talking to Colin. He had a squirrel steal his spoon, or he's convinced that that's what's happened. So just, yeah. just keep an eye out for it. And then it. didn't he make the claim that that squirrel traveled back in time and murdered somebody, too? He probably <laughs> did. Or was that me? That I, might have been you. That sounds like a tin thing. 2020. Not yeah. a Colin thing. Uh, me so, and Ebenezer. Me and Ebenezer here. Ebenezer Pug will be taking that trip here next week. Nice. Yeah, Eagle Lake. Over my birthday. Smithbrooks. 36. Yeah, been... You don't look a day over... <laughs> 22. <laughs> seven, seven years since I've been here at this class. I had my I had my 29th birthday here when I was going through the nine-week uh, immersion program at Jack Mountain Bushcraft. Yeah, it seems yeah. like 100 years ago. I know. It's yeah, good to be back. A lot of gray hairs ago for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
So when you're out there on Eagle Lake, uh, Smith Brook campsite, great place to go. Paddle up. That you see tons of moose there. Mm. Uh, and it was also the site of the uh, Ale- the famous Allagash abductions when the four guys. Oh yeah. I think they ate a bunch of mushrooms and then the alien mothership. <laughs> flew over the bay and they got they they all claimed they went up in the alien ship. They went I up just, in it too, huh? Tim, yeah. I've known you long enough that it's very suspicious that that's Smith Brook where that happened. <laughs> I'm not convinced <laughs> you weren't involved. <laughs> yeah, it was. What was it seventy? You and that squirrel went back in time. Jack Mountain. It's a beautiful site though, like yeah. uh, big mines and stuff. It's a pretty spot. To it go sounds to. very like you're trying to lure yeah. him in. Well, I'm going to check out Smith Brook because that's all I want for my birthday this year. I want I want to see moose. I want I want to listen to some loons and be out canoe camping around a fire. That's it. That's yeah. the place to go. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah, because of the COVID, I was on the Allagash twice already this year and hardly anybody around. Usually yeah. it's overrun in the summer. In the fall, this is the best time to go anyway. Because school kids are back in school, but you know, usually in the summer there's lots of Boy Scout groups and camp groups, and there were none of that this year. So it's a yeah, great year to go. Yeah, it's a pretty spot. And if they're going to shut down the world because of like wildfires and COVID nineteen, why not hang around the Allagash? Right, right. Great place to be. Yeah, usually in the fall I take off. Well, once a year I kind of allow myself four weeks to travel. Usually international. I like to pick a spot to go backpack or trip around and. You know, this year with COVID, I uh, didn't want to leave my state, didn't want to leave home, and I couldn't think of any better place to, to be than the North Main Woods. We're getting a lot of tourists in just the greater <clears throat> Masardis area mm-hmm. from overseas. They're they're all trying to get here, but they can't get in, right? So it's like, you know, travel agents in China, in Thailand, in Australia, they're just turning people away because everybody wants to come to Masardis. <laughs> drive past the mill, go to Mama Lou's for a slice. Yeah. Like, that's what people want, but they can't do it this year. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah. yeah cool so what was the of your time on tv what was your favorite place you went and what was your if you had to go back to one place where would it be and if you were like if i never see that place again it'll be too soon um favorite and least favorite? i don't know every every time i've done it i've always had such a intense unique experience transformational experience you know in the Everglades, I harvested a six-foot alligator. And in South Africa, I took down an Impala with a, a longbow, a primitive longbow. And I, um, as I told uh, Ryan yesterday <laughs> that I once threw a rock at a Chevy Impala. <laughs> Did no damage. It didn't take it down. <laughs> <laughs> but the driver was angry. So it's really hard. It's hard to pick one because they were so, you know, such meaningful experiences. Uh, I really enjoyed the Everglades because uh, kind of how it all played out. But... Uh, on a, on a much bigger level, I'd say South Africa was my favorite. Being surrounded by, you know, the most prehistoric animals in the world, lions, leopards, hyenas, living, sleeping in the dirt on the ground in a shelter that I made out of thorn bushes and trees, you know, no no walls, no fences, like just raw, primitive, uh, very dangerous, uh, you know. But I've been there twice. I don't know if I necessarily want to go back, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> um. Yeah, anywhere that doesn't have a lot of a lot of bugs, a lot of mosquitoes, and a lot of nighttime rain, jungles, stuff like that, uh, would rather not go to. Yeah, you just sort of described northern Maine, like <laughs> night rains well, and plenty of bugs. <laughs> well, n- well, being on naked, <laughs> right. if I've got clothes and a, and rain gear, I wouldn't mind the rain. But on yeah. a, specifically being naked, um, you definitely don't want you know a lot of wet weather 
especially at nighttime, you will freeze. You can get hypothermic in 70 degree temperatures. Oof. I remember seeing your episode in the Everglades and like you kind of weren't too bothered by the bugs there and your partner was from somewhere in Colorado or somewhere where they don't really have bugs. Yeah, and, she got destroyed. And you're just sort of laughing like, these aren't bugs. <laughs> like, Good typical. There's uh, a lot of them down there, but being from Maine, you know, I had some a lot of a lot of black flies up here. No <laughs> yeah. seams. Oh God, June. Um, just imagine, like <clears throat> naked in the Maine woods in June would just be that would be awful. You'd be and you'd be dead. Yeah, but if you find yourself in a in a environment like that where there's lots of mosquitoes and bugs, you just gotta, you know, do what you can to to get rid of them. But most mostly, just keep your mind occupied. Yeah. Keep your keep your hands moving. Keep crafting something. Keep creating something. So. I mean, I could, me and my partner might have had the same amount of, you know, bug bites and the same amount of um, annoyances with flies, but I didn't notice them as much because of how busy I kept myself. Yeah. A few years ago in the springtime, we had, I walked by one of the outhouses and I just heard a student in there just banging on the wall screaming, the goddamn bugs! <laughs> it was like early spring and then he walked out like nothing had ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just needed to get that out of my system. I'm fine now. Yeah, June's It tough. gets to people. June is tough. But then uh, Naked and Afraid Alone, I think it would have to be my all-time favorite. It's one I just did. But the fact that I did it alone, there was no partners, none of that group dynamic, partner drama that they kind of want want to feed into, <laughs> um, all of that was eliminated. So I have to say my alone challenge in South Africa was my, my favorite. Yeah, kind of probably more more zen-like experience yeah. because you're not having to interact I with I could others. have been out there indefinitely. Nice. Yeah. How long were you out there for? 21 days. 21 days. Yeah, three weeks nice. by myself a good amount of time and were the when you were doing that like i know that the the people doing the filming they don't interact with you but they keep a little more of a distance because you were alone Is yeah that... and you yeah on the you know original ones that the the first few that i have done it's usually a, a camera guy a sound guy a producer uh, maybe a medic you know the medic's always around but but on this one to make it even more authentic the camera guy was the producer and there was no sound guy so there's one guy following me around with a camera and then on standby um you'd have your medic and your south african ranger and those you know those types of logistical people but uh yeah no communication with them or anything like that they're they're essentially not there <laughs> unless you um have some major you know medical incident right that's the only time they'll intervene <clears throat> the longest i've ever gone without eating Seven, seven or eight days, not a bite of food, and while while exerting, you know, a hundred percent of my energy <laughs> from sunrise to sundown, hunting, you know, building shelter, collecting firewood, you know, all those things. Not like I'm just fasting and laying on a couch for a week. Sure. I'm, just, I'm exerting 110% of everything I got and not eating for seven days. How was it when you finally ate? I bet that's a memorable meal for oh, you. Oh, absolutely. Well, because it was a, and it, my first meal was a duck. You know. All the fat and grease and all the, oh, it was just a, it was amazing. Fragua, you know, I'm out there eating duck liver, duck heart, and Probably it was a meal incredible. Never, yeah. never. Yeah, for sure. Followed by three, over the next four days, no, over the next like five days, I ate four ducks. Once I figured out how to harvest them. Yeah, that was that was a pretty good food source. <laughs> Did you notice when you were like day five, day six, day seven of the fast, your other senses becoming more keen? Like, for example, your sense of smell. Did you notice that? Yeah, I would say so. I, would, I can't pick any sense in particular. But, yeah, just being out there with, you know, surrounded by, you know, animals and being in that environment in my element, you definitely, all your senses start to pick up mm -hmm. on, on everything. 
I once um, did an 11 day fast on just water and I remember I could smell like this barbecue joint. It was like 40 miles away and I, I could swear I could smell it <laughs> when I got within like eight miles. I was like, yep. I was like yeah. a cartoon character. You know, they sort of float on mm -hmm. like little smell waves. That's what I felt like. But, but I definitely noticed the, uh, joking aside, like the increase in the sensitivity of yeah. smells. Yeah, even the producer, he was like, uh, you know, day six, day seven, I hadn't eaten anything, and I'm freaking taking trees down and bringing them back to my, you know, bringing them back to my camp, and he's like, where are you getting all this energy? Like, it just came from somewhere. I was I was har har harnessing this energy from source or something somewhere yeah. because I wasn't eating anything, <laughs> not even a pea, you know, not even a leaf, not even any vegetation. It was nothing but water for seven days, but I was. I felt stronger. I mean, I really did feel strong. You nice, know? I yeah. never, I never felt like super, super weak. It was kind of bizarre. <laughs> what we often see with the when we send students on solos is that when they come back, they kind of have a better appreciation for for like the group and how the group helps with stuff. Did you yeah. find that when you got back? Like, did you see the previous ones you'd done with other people? Did you see that in a different light when you got back? Like um, having like somebody to you know, like you're saying, you're exerting a ton of yeah. energy. And as humans, that's kind of how we. Yeah, how absolutely. We are. Um, yeah, I would have liked, some, you know, well, for for the camp stuff or like the shelter building and yeah. uh, all that stuff have been cooled out. Nice to have a partner. Yeah. But just re, you know, having to figure it out on your own, you have to reprioritize everything yeah. that you know. Absolutely. Kind of everything I know how to do and you know everything that I'm good at. We get to like, it's just trial and error yeah. again and again and again. Like this isn't how I would normally do it if I even had one other person. Right. Yeah, it's a super fascinating thing to us up here with all the solos and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. The group dynamics you're talking about are always affected by yeah. stuff. You know, if Amazing. I could pick my partner, you know, pick, yeah, a, pick exactly. a person That's, I get along with yeah. that I know and not, you know, not just a crapshoot and some gamble on, you know, some yeah. other cast member that, you know, has a desk job that doesn't know much about survival. Like, right. you know, being in South Africa is not where I want to, you know. With a, with a novice partner is not where I want to be a teacher. Yeah, of course. You know that's that's extremely dangerous. Yeah, you know people need to know what they're doing if they're in an environment like that. Yeah, yeah, dangerous and a lot of work. Yeah, right? I mean I, yeah. I love teaching people. I love you know I love learning you know all that stuff. But in that particular you know yeah. challenge and environment, you don't want to be out there being a a, a teacher. You don't want to be out there being a student. You, you need yeah. to know your shit when you're yeah. living amongst you know that oh, type of sure. that type of danger. Yeah, for real. Cool. Yeah. So next year, slide into the guiding, doing some canoeing, snowshoeing, maybe yep. some. Yeah, this things. probably this winter. I think I've just you know I've been Airbnb being the the hostel during COVID a little bit, and that's what pays my bills in the winter time as well. Um, but I, I, I did not build the Human Nature Hostel to be a rental or to be an Airbnb, you know, rental, I, I built it for me to facilitate, you know, guided uh, experiences and, and to facilitate retreats and, and, you know, help out veterans and stuff like that. So this winter, I'm probably going to buy a dozen, you know, dozen snowshoes and run, you know, day or, or uh, weekend long, um, guided snowshoe trips from, from the, uh, human nature hostel itself. Awesome. Yeah. yeah that sounds great. Excited to kind of, you know, watch the next, mm -hmm. the next stage of, of the, of the dream develop. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. We got a lot, a lot to do, a lot to spread out on. I got 42 acres to, you know, build more accommodations. And this is going to be a whole like eco dome village casino guided. <laughs> <laughs>
could get like a crooked Kino game. <laughs> yeah. Throwing some, yeah, throwing some dice in the corner of the dome. You get like a TV and plug it in. I, in New York State, they used to have these things called off-track betting, and you'd just go to this little, it was like a shady bar and like a shady part of town, and you'd go in there, and it was like a live feed from like the horse racing track. So yeah. you could do something like that. I don't think, I mean, it, oh boy. I don't know if that aligns with my guide service. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Well, anyway, but yeah. yeah then next great. spring, I you know I think I only need a you know purchase a few more canoes and just a little bit of gear and I'm ready to go. I've got I've got the you know the knowledge. I got the skills. I got the facility. I've got the location. I just need people to sign up. Yeah, yeah right on. <laughs> That's the name of the game. Cool. Well, thank you very much for sitting down with us and doing right. this, Ryan. Always right. a pleasure. Uh, uh, man, I love being here. Yeah, it's pretty nice in the county, especially this time of year. <laughs> yeah, this is like yeah. the this is the nicest time of year. It's the middle of September. Our nights are in the 40s. Our days are in the 60s, maybe 70s. So heat of the day, it's still warm enough to swim. Middle of the night, it's cold enough to get your attention to let you know that winter's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. But, but there's no bugs. But there's no bugs <laughs> no at all. Bugs. I'm looking out to the window here. And the leaves are starting to yeah, turn. Yeah, they're changing big time. Just in the, awesome. in the it's only September, mid-September, days. and yeah. it's freaking yellows and reds and oranges out there already. Yeah, yeah. I think oh, probably has something to do with the drought. We're a probably. little. They did early. say that. Yeah. They said because of the drought, we may experience a, a very short foliage season yeah. and early. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Thank you very much for spending this time with us. Uh, If you enjoy this podcast, you know the drill. Share it with somebody. Leave us a review. Do something like that. And we will hit you back again soon with another one. Have a great day. You have been listening to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. For more information on our professional wilderness guide training programs that are college accredited and GI Bill approved, visit us on the web at jackmtn.com.